joining me today is Lynn Watson. Lynn joined Thompson & Associates in 2012 and has been practicing law for 31 years or, or is an, has been an attorney for 31 years and have practiced law for, for many of those years. Uh, we were um, honored to know Lynn as one of our first clients at Thompson & Associates is, uh, when he was with a, a private school and uh, we are honored to have him as part of our team now. And so, Lynn, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate the opportunity, Casey. Lynn, I'd uh, like to just talk with you about charitable remainder trusts. And so could you just explain what a charitable remainder trust is? Sure. Uh, a charitable remainder trust uh, is a tool that's sometimes used uh, in estate planning or financial planning for an individual. Uh, usually in a charitable remainder trust, uh, the donor will transfer some asset um, into a trust arrangement. There will be a trustee that will be responsible for uh, managing that asset. Uh, and there are two things that happen uh, from that trust. Uh, one, there will be a stream of income uh, that will be paid to the income beneficiary or beneficiaries uh, over a period of time. Uh, and then at the end of that uh, time for the income stream, uh, the remainder of the assets that are left in the trust uh, will be transferred to a nonprofit organization. Okay, great. So, so how would someone set up a charitable remainder trust? A charitable remainder trust uh, requires a trust instrument. Uh, it's going to be a written document. It's going to be prepared by an attorney, hopefully knowledgeable with the tax rules that relate to uh, these trusts. Uh, the donor would have to identify, name a trustee uh, to receive those assets and be responsible for managing them uh, according to the terms of the trust. Uh, and then there may be some transfer documents to actually put the assets in the trust. Uh, for example, uh, if the donor wants to transfer a piece of real estate into the trust, there's going to have to be a deed prepared for the donor to sign conveying that property to the trustee. Okay. All right. Um, well, and, and you mentioned some real estate. So, so what are some things that people would actually put into a charitable remainder trust? One of the great advantages of a charitable remainder trust is it enables uh, a property owner who holds appreciated property uh, some flexibility in dealing with that property. Uh, sometimes a person may own a piece of land or a block of stock uh, that they've owned for many years. They may have a very low cost basis for tax purposes, uh, they'd like to be able to do something with that asset uh, so that they could turn it into uh, liquid cash flow, uh, but they're reluctant to do that because they know they're going to get hit with a capital gains tax uh, when they uh, sell that piece of property. Uh, and so they're stuck with an asset that may have a lot of value, but not producing a lot of uh, income for them. Uh, and so uh, a person can take that piece of real estate uh, 
transfer it into a charitable remainder trust. Uh, the trustee can then sell the property, avoiding the capital gains tax. Uh, for example, uh, if an individual had a piece of property that's worth a million dollars, but they only paid $100,000 for it uh, a number of years back, uh, when they sell it, they'd have a $900,000 gain on that piece of property, uh, and um, that may result in a $180,000 tax bill. Uh, and they say, I'm just not willing to sell it and pay that tax. Uh, transferring it into the charitable remainder trust and allowing the trustee um, to sell it, they avoid the capital gains tax. The full million dollars is available to be invested to generate an income stream to that individual that put it into the trust or to other designated beneficiaries. Uh, for example, he may tell the trustee to pay income to his children uh, for a period of time. Uh, so it gives him a lot of flexibility and gives him the full value uh, of his asset. That's, that's great. That's great. What about uh, putting a charitable remainder trust in, in a will or revocable living trust uh, to be funded after somebody passes away? What, what, if someone wanted to do that, what type of assets would they uh, would be good to use in, in that type of charitable remainder trust? Uh, sometimes you could use similar assets. Uh, when you're transferring those assets at death, you're usually not quite as concerned about the capital gains tax uh, because those assets might pass to your heirs with a stepped-up basis uh, at your death. Uh, but an individual may still be concerned about the management of those assets and how his heirs would use those assets after his death. And so putting those assets into a charitable remainder trust uh, enables the, the uh, individual uh, to still have some control over the assets through the terms of the trust and the directions that are given to the trustee. Uh, for example, uh, the trust document may call for those assets uh, to be paid out at a rate of 5% uh, over a period of 20 years. Um, the assets are protected by the trust from the beneficiary's creditors. Uh, the um, maker of the trust knows that those assets are going to get a regular income stream uh, over a period of time, usually 20 years, or it could be for the life of a, an individual. Uh, but then the uh, maker of the trust also knows that when that, that term ends, uh, those assets are going to be transferred to uh, his or her favorite charity. Uh, so yeah. often uh, you see individuals multiplying their estate, in effect, uh, because they take a single asset, they fund an income stream to their family for a period of time, and then what's left uh, goes to charity. And depending upon the uh, investment uh, results that are uh, produced with the asset, uh, often uh, that remainder amount may equal uh, or be close to the same as the original gift value. No, that's great. That's, that's a great, a great win-win. Uh, and you know, speaking of the the income that's going to 
the heirs, or the, you know, whoever the you know, person who makes up the trust wants it to go to, uh, what are some of the options that, that they can set uh, for the payout of that income? There are lots of things that they can do. They can uh, have it paid out um, once a year. It can be quarterly. It can be monthly uh, payout. Um, the uh, maker of the trust is going to determine what that amount is. Uh, it, the, the tax rules say that it can be anywhere from 5% to 50%. Uh, now, there's some other rules that kick in and, and place some limits on that. Uh, but, for example, uh, with an annuity trust, and let's use the, the million-dollar amount again, uh, a million-dollar annuity trust paying out at 5% would pay $50,000 a year for the term of the trust. Mm -hmm. uh, the annuity trust has a fixed payout. Uh, it would not go up or down. It would be constant, and so the income beneficiaries know that that stream of income is going to come every year. Uh, during the period of that trust. Uh, if the maker of the trust chooses the unitrust form, uh, there is some variation. Uh, and uh, there is an annual valuation date for the trust uh, where the trustee looks at uh, the market value of the assets on that particular day. Uh, and let's say we're using, again, the 5% uh, payout. Uh, the, the trustee would multiply the value of the asset by 5% uh, on the valuation date to determine the payout for the next year. So if the value of the trust assets has gone up, uh, the payout for the next year may be higher. If the value of the um, trust assets has gone down, the, the, value, or the payout will go down for that following year. Uh, some individuals like the unitrust payout option because they expect the value of the assets to go up over time. Uh, looking at stock market results and investment results, they project that there's going to be an increase. And so it gives the income beneficiaries some protection against inflation uh, as their payout option uh, can go up over the period of the trust. Uh, that's great. That's great. Well, well, Lynn, thank you very much for your, your uh, expertise and, and explanation of Charitable Remainder Trust today. If someone wants to get a hold of you, uh, what's the best way of doing that? Probably the best way to contact me is through email here at Thompson & Associates, and my email address is lynn, L-Y-N-N, at ceplan.com. Great. Thank you, Lynn. It's, it's been very helpful. Thank you, for Casey.